Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And today we're going to be talking about something called No Be Do. Is that like Scooby-Doo? I hope not. (laughs) That means there's some guy running around here, like Jimmy, our, our, our guy that manages the building, is running around with a mask on pretending to be like a headless horseman or something. Yeah. So that's not going to work. Now. Yeah, we can't do that. No, be, do. Three verbs. Is this generally a business concept uh, or entrepreneurial kind of thing? Seemed like it from what I read on it. Could Yeah, I, I think that's out there. It's also a military concept. The okay. army... The Army uh, Manual on Leadership is be, no, do. Oh, okay. With that said, we're going to get into what that means right after this quick word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. All right, so, um, no be do, or be no do, or do be no. You, You know where that first came from for me was in the educational philosophy of the seminary that I taught at in Columbia. Uh, They spent a full year uh, developing a philosophy of what would guide them in training students to be pastors in Columbia. And they came away saying it's not just about knowledge. It's not just about information dump. There is also an element to becoming a pastor that has to do with your character, with who you are. So it's no, yeah, there's information you need, but it's B as well. Uh, There is a mindset shift and, and a character development portion of it. And then finally, there is a do portion of it. There are certain things that you need to be able to do Hmm. that you may not have done before, including things like preaching, things like teaching and things of that sort. Okay. So that's where I picked it up. Yeah. Um, You kind of pointed this out to me for the first time I'd ever heard it uh, last week. You and I were studying Greek and you, what did we, what was said that made us come across that? Man, I don't know. I don't know, but it's written at the bottom of my notes. It's at the bottom of John. Yeah. Something or other. Hey, it doesn't matter. Because the fact is, 
This is all throughout Scripture. You find it time and time again. And that's just kind of what we're talking about. It's it's kind of like a an equation that you can fit different concepts into, and they fit. They really do. And right from the top, can can I kind of give my two analogies that I've kind of seen with this? Sure. And then we can go through and then we can talk about at okay. least situations from the Bible that that we see this. Sure. Right? Um, the first one that came to mind for me was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a gardening uh, reference because Jesus loves his good old-fashioned gardening references because he's talking to an agricultural society. Right, right. And right? it spoke to him. 100%. But I think it's really helpful when you get a visual. Um, so in terms of like justification and salvation, I think you can use a gardening analogy with that. And that is that the no is the seed that gets planted. Right. Right. And that that knowing, that seed, that would be like coming to know the gospel, coming to know what is written in scripture, coming to know the heart of God. Okay. Right? Yeah, there's new information there that you may not have had before. Right. And so then that seed grows into a tree, right? Well, that tree is the bee because the word of God shapes you into who you are. It tells you who you are. It informs you who you are. So you get this newfound knowledge. Um, you know, throughout scripture, it talks about, you know, being a, a, a tree planted by a stream, you know, right. like you're yeah, nourished, yeah. right? Um, and so that's what happens when you nourish a seed is it grows into a tree. So we are like this tree, right? And so you could fit in the, you know, to that category. Well, what's that mean that I'm a tree? Well, you're a child of God. Know that about yourself. That's right, what the Bible tells right. you, that you're not defined by sin anymore. You're defined right. by by Christ. Right. And so Christ is living in you. The Holy Spirit is working through you, meaning that now you have the fruits of the Holy Spirit in you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, what's that whole laundry list? It, all, all, oh, the, yeah. all the tenets of love, essentially, right. right? Like, you act out of love now. And then that tree will bear fruit and the fruit is the dew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then that makes sense. that's your good works. That is your going out and loving on your neighbor, going out and, and helping people being, you know, sacrificially loving others, doing good things. Uh, the, the important thing to understand about this, you know, is that the dew cannot save you. We need right. to understand that. Right. We, we're right. very right. clear about that on this program, is that we are justified, we are saved by Jesus Christ, by faith alone, right? right? It's by our faith in him. But the Bible is very clear that if you truly believe, if you truly have faith, right. then you're going to have a life that starts to reflect that and show right. that. There's going to be evidence for that faith. I, I would say actually none of these three things are a prerequisite for our salvation. There's not a certain thing that we need to know. There's not a certain thing that we need to be, and there's not a certain thing that we need to do. We need to have faith. We need to come to Jesus, rely on him. The no. It's involved there. Because you can't have faith in Christ without knowing who he is. Uh, There is a certain element of faith that implies the knowing. 
But it's not a Gnosticism. It's not let's right. learn the secret right. words, right. the it's secret phrases. Exactly. No, it's knowing who Christ is. Exactly. Um, yes. So you're kind of speaking more to the know of like the like digging in deep head, and learning the knowledge. Deep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a heart knowledge. It's right? it's a heart knowledge. It's a relational knowing. Right. Not so much a mental knowing. And I believe that kind of knowing is what prompts our faith in the first place. Yeah. Having that deep heart knowledge of Christ. That, that relationship, relationship knowing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so in the end, you've got, you know, the no bee do, you've got the seed planted, that's the no, the bee is the tree, the dew is the fruit from the tree. Right. And then what happens in nature when fruit falls on the ground? It eventually rots and it makes more, it plants <laughs> seeds and makes another tree. Yeah. And so your good works, the things you do, I mean, that's spreading the gospel, right? Yeah. Spreading the gospel is a good work. We'll go take this faith to other people and then the cycle repeats itself. So we are supposed to be Johnny Appleseed. Actually, he was kind of in a cult. Oh, really? I It's, it's a weird denomination. Well, I forget. Never mind that. Then. Yeah, don't be Johnny Appleseed. But <laughs> but like But spread the seed. <laughs> I've said that and now somebody's gonna get really mad and be like, I'm part of that church. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember I've read some weird things he believed. Like okay. uh, we'll have to do I an know episode. nothing about him. Well, don't I... worry. Uh, when you get going here in a minute, you start talking. I'll just type away over here and figure <laughs> out what Johnny Appleseed believed in, and we'll get to the bottom of that. Okay. But there was another. Uh, there was another analogy I thought about too with this, and so maybe we can talk about both of these things. Sure. But that's the you know that's my little uh, that's my little metaphor, my little story picture for salvation justification. Right. But what about evangelism? And so I was thinking of it in terms of light and darkness. Um, you know, John, first John talks a lot about, you know, before we know Christ, we're walking around in darkness. Right. Um, I mean, even the gospel of John is, you know, the light was coming into the world, right? And that's Christ. And he's going to illuminate things and show them for what they really are. And so I think the no be do with a light metaphor is really interesting too, that the no is that you come to know the word of God, right? Uh, and using this in an evangelism approach, that would be somebody telling you about the word of God. Okay. Right? So now that word is coming into your life for the first time. That is light. That is truth. And it's starting to shine on what things really are. It's okay. showing you what things truly are. So that's the B. It shows you I'm a sinner and I am in need of saving. Because you start to see all the bad in your life. And now when you compare it to this truth that you've learned, uh, the truth of the word of God, the truth of who Christ is, you realize you don't stand up to his standards, to his, okay. what he requires of humanity. Therefore, we need a savior. And so then that leads us to what I write down, uh, to repentance. That leads us to um changing, right? We, we say, I, I, I'm in the light now. I see how dirty I really am. I realize I need to be cleaned. And the only way to get clean is to ask Christ to do that for okay. me. And then I can go, and in a similar way, I can go take this evangelism to other people because now I see that they're dirty too. Okay. And that they okay. need, yeah. they yeah. need yeah. saved. Yeah. They need yeah. saved. We all need saved. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like, it really the re, the reason I kind of landed on these two things is because Jesus talks a whole lot about light 
And Jesus talks a whole lot about plants. And I don't think that's by accident. Yeah. That those are two really important ways of understanding how right. the word works right. in us. Right. right. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. So the basic principles of no be do is that the foundation of everything is the knowing. Um, when we come to the Lord and we begin to study his word, we begin to gain a new uh, way of thinking. That's where everything started. That's what we were looking at uh, a week or two ago. And uh, we saw what John says about, uh, uh, I think we looked up the meaning of the word. Uh, uh, it's metanoia. Is that repentance? It's the meaning mm. of the word mm-hmm. repentance. And it literally means to have a brand new way of looking at things. And that's what happens when we come to the Lord, we are full of a particular way of looking at things, and it's just what we've always learned. Well, what we've always learned, surprise, surprise, is not necessarily from God. It can be from the enemy. It can be from culture. It can be from a <clears throat> 101 other sources, but they're not good. They're not the whole picture. So knowing is gaining this new mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That without that new mindset, how are how are you going to I, – and understand when we say mindset, we're talking about that heart change. Um, you, you know, you can you can have this new mindset and not know everything about the Bible. You don't need to. You just need to start to understand the heart of Christ. And so this new mindset is kind of like that that spark that changes you. So we get that in places like Romans 12, 2, don't be transformed or don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the spirit of your mind. We get a similar thing in Ephesians 4, starting in verse 22, in reference to your former way of life. You're to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. You are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and you're to put on the new self, which is the likeness of God that's being created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So there's a new way of looking at things that comes only as we begin to study Scripture. Yeah. All of that makes sense? Yes. So that this is the part where we probably have to talk about the fact, though, that uh, this is a Protestant 
podcast. <laughs> yeah. And we are going to say that the authority that the, uh, let's say the primacy of authority, like the major authority here for us on how we know what is right and wrong, we as Protestants would say lies in scripture. Yeah. A Catholic listening to this is going to have a different take on that. An Orthodox... They would say scripture and, right? it, It would be scripture as interpreted and ultimately determined by the Roman Catholic magisterium and church tradition. The Orthodox Church, I should say Eastern or uh, Oriental Orthodox churches are going to say, you know, scripture as interpreted through tradition. Tradition. And so we are going to say, no, scripture Scripture. determines tradition and church. Although tradition is important, it's not normative for us. Right. Like we do not believe that there is any one church that gets to say, no, this is what scripture means. We've got it all. We believe scripture (laughs) stands up for itself and determines what all churches should be. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I just want to clear that up for anybody listening. I mean, this isn't like throwing shots at anybody else. This is just know what you're listening to kind of thing. Right, right. Right. So the no forms the character. It changes who we are, who we are to be as a person. Uh, Let's see. I I wrote down here 2 Peter 1, 5 to 8, for this very reason, also applying all diligent in your faith, supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. In your perseverance, godliness. In your godliness, brotherly kindness. In your brotherly kindness, love. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they don't make you useless or unproductive in the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there, Peter, he mixes knowledge into all of that, but what he's essentially saying is that knowledge changes the kind of person that we are. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I've got one to add to that. Yeah, what you got? Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I see the whole no-be-do right there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. You know, in another place, uh, no-be-do, uh, same book, First Timothy chapter 4. Paul, after he's given all these instructions to Timothy, he says, now, what about you? What about, what about Timothy? What do I want you to do? He says, prescribe and teach these things. Chapter 4, verse 12. Let no one look down on your youthfulness and listen to all the characteristics that he now talks about. Rather, in speech, conduct, love, faith, purity, show yourself an example to those who believe. Those are characteristics. That is his character. So Paul says, Timothy, focus on your character. Then he says, Until I come, give your attention to the reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Hmm. Gain knowledge. And then he ends by saying, and don't neglect the spiritual gift within you, 
granted to you through the words of prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. There's the ministry, the do. You know what's really interesting about that pa- that passage in particular? Right. Is the, the B is not what we would probably consider to be the B in like a secular version of it. Yeah. That for like what I mean by that is Paul says, don't let people look down on you because you're young. Right. But Timothy is young. Yes. But Paul is saying you're more than that. That's Who right. you really are is beyond your age. It's beyond your, I mean, I think you could lump ethnicity, sex, whatever into that. Who you are is Christ dwelling in you. Let that yes. be what people see when they talk to you, Timothy. Yeah. That's really interesting. It is, and it's freeing. Right. We are not who we used to be. We are who God has made us. Or even who the world would say we are right now. Yeah. We don't have to be that. We can recognize that there is a greater be in us, a being in us, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's cool. So the being then produces the doing. It's the character that we have. That determines the way we respond. Yes. Uh, Mark 7, uh, Jesus says, he's talking to the disciples about uh, the Pharisees' tendency to go overboard in washing and not just sanitation, but it's ritual washing. And uh, Jesus says, from within, out of the hearts of people come the evil thoughts. The acts of sexual immorality, theft, murder, acts of adultery, deeds of greed, wickedness, deceit, indecent behavior, evil, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and defile the person. What we do flows out of who we are. Mm. So there's a biblical movement from a change in the way we look at things to a change in the type of person we are, to ultimately a change in what we do. Yes. I've got another one. Yeah? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and computing my next yeah, sentence yeah, at the yeah. same time. What's your so. other one? <laughs> Colossians 3. Yeah. Uh, so it starts out with a uh, – Kind of a a no and a B. Is this 12 to 14? No, I'm starting right off the gate. Okay. 3-1. So since then, you've been raised with Christ. So you know that you've been raised with Christ and who you are is raised with Christ. Yes. Do this. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ and God. You know this. This is who you are. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So then do this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. This is who you used to be. Right, yeah. In, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Don't lie. Don't uh, – yeah, it just goes on and on and on. But, yeah, the, but yeah, the point yeah. is like 
it's all over the place, man. Like you need to know this. This is who you are now. This is who you were since you are this person. Now, this is how you are to be because you can't be, or sorry, you can't do like you used to do right. because you are not, you, uh, the B isn't what you used to be. Right. Uh, that's uh, great. I that's mean, great. it's kind of weird. It's all over the place, but like, it's these three simple concepts. Now, over and over again. Two kind of application <laughs> points that come out of this. The first one, this is so far different from what the church usually does. Somebody comes into the church and we immediately start talking to them about what they need to do differently. Mm. We start at the end instead of at the beginning. Uh, it seems like Jesus and Paul, uh, John, all of the disciples, all of the, all of the, uh, the, the first 12, they focused instead on getting your mind right, understanding the new things that were true about you. We go straight to what do you need to be doing now? Do this, do that, do the other. And we short circuit things because we, we skip we skip the no and the over bee. the no and the be. And for whatever reason we're surprised then when the person can't do it. <laughs> this is interesting. Because we've We've started in the wrong spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a Pharisee. We become Pharisees. Mm. We have the no and we have the Absolutely, do. Absolutely, that's it. But our yeah. B is all wrong. Right. And because our B is all wrong, honestly, no. And, I don't. I can't even I, say they have the no or the B. Yeah. They thought I don't think they, they have the no. They thought they did. Right. And they thought they had the B. Right. And they thought they had the do. Right. But because their no is wrong, because they didn't even understand it right. The base is wrong, so the whole building is off kilter. Yeah, it's, you got a bad seed, you're going to have a bad tree, and you're going to bear bad fruit. This is right. bingo. We're back to the Bible again. Yeah. Wow, how strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why. It's because it's the foundation of everything. Right. If your knowledge is wrong, if you, and, and I don't mean like you know Gnostic knowledge like Randy was talking about. Like, right, right. It's not know, the secret password no, no, that you're no. looking for. But if you don't understand the basics of Scripture and what Jesus is actually saying to you, which is not – it doesn't take a genius. It just takes reading it and thinking a little bit. And it That's takes it. the willingness to be able to say, I've been wrong. And I think the willingness is the key there, right? Yeah. Think, think biblically to the point of Jesus saying, you know, to, to the one that seeks, they will find me. Yeah. You know, like that. that's a big deal. That means mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. It just means you've got to you got to want it. You've yeah. got to want Jesus. You've got to want to know him. Right. And that kind of brings me to my second application point, which is we need to be starting with the no. We need to make sure that people have a clear understanding of what it is that Scripture actually teaches. And I am not there talking about Bible trivia. You can be the, uh, what's the Jeopardy guy, Ken, whatever his name was, the all-time winner in Jeopardy. You can be the Ken Jensen, I think his name is, of Bible trivia, and still not know what it is that Scripture's saying. Well, yeah, but I mean, think how we teach kids. Think how we even talk to adults about the Bible. Like, we tell these stories, right? But how often do we neglect to talk about the why behind the story? Yeah. 
You ask yeah. a little kid, what happened to Jonah? He got swallowed by a whale. Well, it's like, well, first of all, it wasn't a whale. It was a big fish, but that's okay, <laughs> buddy. That's okay, little Johnny, whatever. But what happened to Jonah was he ran away from God. Right. Because he didn't want to follow God. And God brought him back to do what he needed to. And he put him through a lot of hardship to get him there. Right. That's the moral of the story. Right, right. And at the end of the story, we don't know where no Jonah is. Right. Because he never got the no right. <laughs> but how often do we neglect to talk about that when Jonah comes up in conversation? Oh, sure. yeah, he got swallowed by a whale. Swallowed by a whale, right. Or, oh, yeah, David, yeah, he killed a giant. Well, he also was like the second king of Israel and a great man at times and the worst and man at times. And a fallen man frequently, more often than not. <laughs> but he was also the kind of guy that every time he fell down, he came back to Christ. He came back well, to God, right. Christ unknowingly, I should say, but he, to uh, God. He repented. He repented and he tried to get right with God, right? Like that's the moral of the life of David to me. I see this man who had greatness in him, but he was still so fallen, yeah. but he knew it and he loved God and God loved David. Right. And like, that's the moral of David. But how often do we reduce him to one Bible story? Something different. Yeah. And it takes digging in and going, what is God trying to tell me here? Right. What's, what is the no here? Is right. it, is it, is it the surface no? Or is there, or is there like... A reality and, here. And you know, that's a great point. There probably is a surface no that we can get to a story and we can understand the story. And once we've understood it, we think, okay, yeah, we got it. But there are layers to that story. Right. There are reasons why. And as the, the more we dig, the more we try to understand why did they do what they did? Why does God answer in this way? Why doesn't he do the other thing? And, you know, that can sound like a lot of work, but I hear people go to way deeper depths to try and understand what's really going on in the story of Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. <laughs> like, seriously, dude, there's oh, whole yeah. websites dedicated to, like, fan fiction trying to, like, iron out the wrinkles and the stories of these. And it's like, if you would just take that much time to just invest in your Bible, like, <laughs> you'd all be theologians. It'd that's, be amazing. That's right. It'd, It'd be, be amazing, amazing. What you'd learn. Yeah, but like we 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 have that mental capacity. We just don't apply it in the right places. That's the thing, yeah. you know. Like, what what's your thing that you spend all your time on, and how could you take that time and put it somewhere better? But you know what? One of the reasons we don't do that is because it's so much harder. So let's say, for example, uh, we got a person here, and their problem is explosions of anger. Yep, they fly off the handle. A word flies out their mouth before they have time to think about it, and they end up uh, ticking off people. They end up um, uh, flying off the handle at a police officer, and they end up in cuffs in the back of a police car, or they end up fired from their job. We typically say, don't do that. That is about as effective as a screen door in a submarine. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Yeah. I never heard yeah. that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, we need to start with the no. What is it about yourself that causes you? What are you thinking you're doing when you express yourself in that way? What are you trying to convey? And I'm not saying that there is one stock answer. I think for each individual, it's different. Well, I, I think the other thing is coming back to my light analogy. People... 
people living in the dark don't like the light yeah. because it reveals what you maybe don't want to change. That's right. You know, I like things the way they are. Yep. I don't want to know the truth. Therefore, I'm going to walk away from it because I would rather be exactly as I am right now. Right. I think that happens a lot. Right. I mean, that's that's a pretty common biblical theme too. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if we were to start with what is it about yourself that causes you to behave in that manner? Then we can start saying, okay, what does Scripture say about that? Uh, about how you view yourself or how you view this aspect of yourself. What is the correct mindset? What do you need to begin to understand? Mm. And frankly, the deeper we get in Scripture, the more we're able to see those differences. Yeah. Yeah. It's just getting there. It's just getting there. And, and and that's that's just it, is I think we really neglect our Bibles. There is a passage of Scripture. Let me find this here. I think it's Ephesians 4. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the passage that I just read earlier. Ephesians 4, 20 to 24 lays the framework where... Uh, Paul says if you're having if you're if you're having struggles then you need to throw off your old sinful nature identify what it is that you need to get rid of and get rid of it renew your thoughts and your attitudes learn what it is that scripture says about that and then put on the new man, new thoughts and attitudes. And then he starts giving examples. Um, my favorite one is this. Verse 28, if you're a thief, stop stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give it away to others in need. Mm. So the question is, when does a thief stop being a thief? And the answer is not when he stops stealing. Because a thief spends most of his time planning for the next one. He doesn't actually spend most of his time stealing. He'll case the joint. He'll, he'll you know, make plans. He'll do whatever. And when he actually goes out and does the theft, it's a second. It's a part of a second. And then it's over and done. So the vast majority of his life, he isn't stealing. Paul says he doesn't stop being a thief just when he stops stealing. He stops being a thief when he has a change of mind, when he says the appropriate way for me to gain finances, money, is good hard work. Now that is a mindset shift. Then Paul goes the next step and says he really stops being a thief when he starts giving away the results of his hard work. When he becomes generous instead of looking for everything for himself. The, 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 oh, wow. I've never thought, yeah, that's wild. 
And he has about five or six examples just like that. Well, he's essentially saying that even when he starts doing the good hard work, if it's all for him, then he's still a thief. Oh, yeah. Because it's all about him. There are ways to steal that are legal. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And Paul says it changes when you change the way you think. Stop lying. Uh, uh, So the one who tells lies, stop telling lies. Tell your neighbors the truth. We're all parts of the same body. It's not just that you stop lying. It's that you actually now begin to speak the truth. You become the kind of a person who will say the truth, even when the truth is difficult and hard, because we're part of the same body. We need truth between us. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great passage. And like I say, there's like six, seven examples there. And each one is like that, where Paul says, it's not just stopping the negative behavior. It's replacing it with a corresponding positive characteristic, positive understanding, positive characteristic, and then positive actions. Well, he's really just expanding on what Jesus says, because, I mean, which is all he does, but... um, when Jesus talks about, you know, you know, you've heard it said, and then he always takes whatever they've heard and he makes it way harder. Like <laughs> talking about uh, lust, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. He says, you know, if you look at a woman with lust, yeah, then you have already committed adultery in your heart. Yep. And so he's saying, like, what happens in your heart is just if not more important than what you do with your hands, what you do with yeah. your body, what you do with your actions, like, because it's who you are. Like, like the core of you matters. I love that. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I did yeah. not realize that about that passage. Look yeah. at yeah. that. Yeah. I learned yeah. something. Today. How about that? How about that? Want to know something? Tell me something. So way earlier, you asked me a question and I heard you, but I was processing something else. Okay. Reason being was because I totally figured out Johnny Appleseed's uh, religion. <laughs> what was it? What was I it? told you I was going to do that. All right. We had to do. Oh, no. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, he was a Swedenborgian. Are you familiar with this concept? I know what a smorgasbord is. Is that uh, something yeah, similar? I've, I've heard of that as well. <laughs> Um, so they believe in eternal marriage that if you're married, even though the Bible says you're not going to be married in eternity, I guess there's a little bit of a Mormon vibe going on here. I don't know that you will be married eternally. And they believe that, uh, God's providence works to save all people, whether or not they are Christians. Oh, so the universalists. They're universalists. So Johnny Appleseed was a universalist. So cult. There you go. Yeah. yeah, That's all. Sorry. I just had... But he planted a lot of apples. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's great. (laughs) Did he? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's the story. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So yeah, whatever. Sorry. That was random, but I promised... (laughs) I promised you I'd you do did, it. You did, you did, you did. Look, y'all, here's the deal. The root of this story, the root of what we're saying today, get to know your Bible. And this is why it's the foundation of everything. Right. It is It is the authority. It speaks authoritatively about who Christ is and what he has done. We can 
talk and think and pray all day, but who who knows who's answering those prayers and those answers if we cannot weigh it against the truth of Scripture? That's right. To know what is true about Christ, um, and we don't start to change until Christ changes our hearts. Right. And we have to right. know Him first. Right. Right. We have to know Him. Absolutely. Absolutely. We um, frequently here on the podcast we say, "Go to your Bibles. Go to your Bibles." We are not saying go learn Bible trivia. No. That is not it at all. Go to your Bibles to learn what it says about who you are as a person, what you need to change, and how to go about changing that. And the cool thing about the Bible is you the deeper you dig, the more you start to realize it is the same story over and over and over. <laughs> And over, and it's it, it 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 gets more in depth, and it gets truer and truer the more you see it. Yeah. But it is that man has fallen. Yep. And God is good. Yep. And God saves those who come to Him and need Him and want Him. Go read your Bibles. Go read your Bible. Yeah. Because here's yeah. the deal: we can tell you that we can say, "Oh, here's what your Bible means." But something happens when you read it yourself. Something happens when when you ask God, "Show me the truth of Your Word," and He does it. There, you, you still. I know you have to have this happen to you because I have this happen to me all the time. You ever read in your Bible, and then something just clicks. You've read it a billion times, and something clicks, and you're just like overwhelmed by it. Oh, and absolutely. you're like, yes. "How yes, did yes. I not see that? Right. Like, how right. did I not know that?" I've been about reading you? this thing for over sixty years, and I never saw that before. That happened to me a couple of months ago. I'm actually uh, on our church website. We're uh, putting on. Uh, some uh, I'm, I'm calling it a new perspective of salvation because I came to understand the temptation in a different way. When I actually looked at the exact words that were being used and how they're used in the rest of Scripture, amazing, it blew me away. And can you apply that to your life and it affects what you do today? It affects the way I view temptation and the things that I am now trying to be careful of. So you read it, you gained a new truth. Or not a new truth, but you... Oh, you, it, it was a new truth. Okay, yeah. all right. But but my point is, like, you, you deepened your relationship with God through that. Yes, Therefore, it changed I hope so. the core of who you are, and now right. it is starting to affect your actions. Boy, I hope so. That's, that's my prayer, that I will fall less to temptation yeah. because I understand... Uh, temptation in a new way. Yeah. And that's what we do. We keep coming back to that over and over again. Yeah. That's why we keep coming back to God. That's why we keep coming back to his word. And if Johnny Appleseed had just read his Bible, he would know <laughs> not to be a Swedenborgian. That's right. And this would be very simple. We wouldn't even have to be talking about him. But uh, here we are. There so. We Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, you can send those to us at uh, at our new website, saltysaintspodcast.com. Uh, please leave us anything you'd like to hear us talk about. Something else we'd like to start adding to this podcast is please send us any prayer requests you have. And, I mean, leave us a voice chat. Like, yeah. there, there is a voice uh, a voice message option on our website, saltysaintspodcast.com. It's literally a button. It looks like a microphone. So you click a you button, click you it, you talk into it, it sends it to us. Great. S- simple, easy. Leave us the message you want people to hear. We will 
of course, vet those, but then we'll put them on the podcast each week. We would like to start kind of a little prayer chain after our fantastic. podcasts are done. Yeah. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I'm totally stealing this idea from the daily audio Bible, but it's because it's awesome when they do it and we want our community doing it because it's yeah. great. Um, another thing. Uh, check out lifeaudio.com. They are our partners in this podcast. They're great. We love them and we want to support them. So get over there, check them out. Um, the other thing is if you are in the Indianapolis area, we are an Indianapolis based podcast. Uh, if you're in the Indianapolis area and you're looking for a church, we do, we just want to start letting people know, Hey, we're here. Um, (laughs) new hope church on the South side of Indianapolis, the uh, Greenwood area, check us out. Google us, look Google at our us. website. Yeah, becomehope.com. We'd love for you to check us out. And uh, if you're looking for a church home, please uh, don't hesitate to hit us up. Guys, we love you. And until next time, stay salty. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.